You're listening to North Georgia Business Radio, coming to you from the Business Incubator at Brunel University. I'm Bo Henderson, here with my co-host Bill Lampton. And Bill Lampton, you know, one of the things we talk about, this is the place you come for information about local business. And not only the local businesses in our community, but the people behind them. And I'm excited. We're going to queue up another great group of guests today and excited for you to be here. Uh, always a pleasure, Bo. Well, one of the things as we get started, I thought, you know, we do this show week in and week out. Talk about local business. But I found some stats I thought maybe we could discuss. This comes from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Small Business Association. And let's just think about this and look at this. Local businesses are more likely to utilize other local businesses, such as banks in the community, um, other farms maybe, other, other service providers. So when we, we work with local businesses, we actually support them using other businesses. So there's kind of a ripple effect, so to speak. Yes, and you know, Bo, one of the things that you and I have discussed before is that when you are dealing with a local business, you're dealing with someone who is going to be there, and you'll see them again and again, and they'll see you again and again. They, they might even live next door to you. So they have a definite stake in having good customer relationships and serving you well and giving you a fair service and product for your price. Uh, they're terrific for that. Well, another thing that I think is really important for us to consider is for every $100 that we spend at a local business, up to $68 of that goes back into our local community. That's a pretty strong return there. You know, that's that's really putting your money where your mouth is. And we're investing in the infrastructure of our community, the places our kids go to school and things like that. So it's a little more than maybe just the convenience of clicking and ordering over online. And speaking of investing, another thing about small businesses in our community and other communities, but we're talking now about Northeast Georgia, small businesses, Another thing about them is that they invest their talents and they invest their dollars in the charitable causes. And as you and I have observed for quite a few years, uh, one of the things a wealthy person would have difficulty, if, if they have difficulty, one of the things they would have difficulty with would be making a decision on what to support in this town because there are 25, 30, possibly 40 to 45 charitable contributions, any one of which would be a good investment of your contribution. And we hear that time and time again on this show. People not only are busy, uh, some of these small businesses are some of the busiest people I see, but they're very involved in their community, whether it's a church, an organization, they have things going, they're building, they're growing, and they're giving back. That's another benefit we see. Now, one last thing, it's 65% of new jobs over the last 17 years have come from small businesses. And the, the other statistic closely aligned to that, which grabs me every time I hear it is, I think it's correct that 90% of the businesses in the United States have 100 employees or fewer. Right. And that's that's the bread and butter, right? So let's, we've talked about business, the importance of business locally here at North Georgia Business Radio, but let's get into some of our local businesses and business owners. Would you like to bring in our first guest, Dr. Bill? Yes, uh, I'm talking to Gary Sherby, and Gary is a longtime tennis aficionado. He and I were talking about that before the show. Gary, I ask you if you had been one of those, you know, sometimes you find a golf professional or a tennis professional, and they were a child prodigy in the sport. Was that the case with you? I started playing when I was a teenager, 
I was introduced to the game by a, a good friend. He dragged me out to a tennis court and gave me a wooden racket and <laughs> hit some tennis balls with me, and I just loved it. So thanks to him, I made a career out of tennis. Did you have any other career, or has this been it? Well, I, was, I wanted to be a rock and roll star back in those days, but uh, that didn't pan out. So the tennis worked much better. He just does the rock and roll on the side. <laughs> I hear him every once in a while over there. Well, Gary, we were talking. Um, Gary is actually right beside my office at Rich Life Advisors, so we have the opportunity to see each other um, in passing quite frequently. And we were having a conversation just a couple of days ago. And for our listeners, I think it's fascinating to, one, how long have you been in Gainesville? And then, then talk about the evolution, because I think a lot of our listeners will recognize some of the places you've been to get to your location today. All right. My wife and I moved to Gainesville in the summer of 86, and uh, prior to that, uh, she and I had worked together at, a, at some uh, various clubs uh, in the tennis pro shop, and I was a tennis instructor and so forth. So I wanted to do something on my own. And when we moved to Gainesville, uh, we decided that we would set up a, a tennis specialty shop and uh, be in business for ourselves. Prior to that, we'd always been working for somebody else. So uh, that's something that uh, I really value. I like to be my own boss. And uh, we decided we would get a loan and uh, start a small tennis shop in uh, Gainesville. It uh, started in the fall of 86, and uh, we've moved about five times now. But uh, as you know, uh, we've been on Bradford Street now for about 20 years. By the way, she ended up being a, a teacher, and uh, she gave me the tennis end of it to do solo. So um, pretty much it's a one-man show now. Well, one of the questions I like to ask when I hear longevity, that's 33 years in a business and, and even on the square there was a there was a period of time there and you saw it as heartbreaking you would see businesses come in and six months later they were moving out and you knew that was people's dreams and goals um, but what is the secret if you had hey this is why I think we've made it or this is some advice I'd give a young business owner today to to make it 33 years doing something you love I hear that in your voice Gary. that's right uh I love tennis. I've made a career out of it. Uh, I don't think too many people can say they made a career out of tennis. I mean, if you're a, uh, an expert player and you're on the pro circuit, uh, making hundreds and thousands of dollars traveling all over the world, that's one thing. But uh, if you're not one of those 100 best players in the world, uh, how in the world could you make a living at tennis? So uh, being in the retailing and the teaching and the organization of tennis, uh, all those things together contribute to uh, uh, being able to uh, build a house, uh, own a house, and uh, have your own business and uh, be successful at it. Very good. One of the things we talk about on this program frequently is what we call customer care, our customer service, our customer experience. Being in business 33 years, as Bo mentioned, is quite an accomplishment. What are some of your keys to keeping your customers satisfied and attracting new customers? I try to get out there and get my name around town. Uh, given the tennis lessons, uh, gosh, I started back in the fall of 86 giving lessons in Gainesville. And uh, people see me in the grocery store and they tell me, hey, I took a tennis lesson from you 25 years ago when I was a little kid. Uh, uh, everybody in Gainesville knows I'm here, and they bring me their tennis racket, and I put strings in it for them. So I think I strung everybody's tennis racket <laughs> at least once. And uh, I organize and run the tennis tournaments for the park and rec department here, and that's four tournaments a year. 
And I started doing the tournaments in 94. So I've done about 97 tournaments in a row over the last 20 or so years. And uh, that's a good way to get your name out there. Everybody knows the tournament director. So one of the real keys to success in any business is continued visibility, isn't it? Right, right. I'm out there. Name <laughs> recognition. Yeah. We talk about networking. I've often said that networking beats not working. <laughs> yeah. And another phrase I like is networking determines your net worth. And just having met you today, I can still already tell that this is something you you enjoy doing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be 69 this summer. And a lot of people ask me, well, when are you going to retire? And I said, I'm not going to retire anytime real soon because I love what I'm doing. I come here six days a week. Uh, I'm, I always answer the phone first two, two or three rings. So, uh, yeah. But uh, my, my main competition now is the Internet. When right. people want to buy a tennis racket, if they really know what they want, they have access to anything they want over the Internet. On the other hand, uh, if you don't know exactly what you want, uh, you need some expert advice, and that's when they come to me because they know that I understand the game and I can help them select a racket and put the right kind of strings in it and even give them a tennis lesson to get them started. So uh, it's a combination of a lot of talents all put together, and uh, they know they can find me. And in some notes, Gary – uh, provided he said he's he strung over 22,000 rackets that's a lot of rackets that's too many rackets I think sometimes I don't know that Amazon's <laughs> going to string your racket for you when you need it you know yeah but uh one of the things too Gary uh it's funny I knew you had the shop you've been you've been next door in the shop but some of my clients actually in their 60s and 70s have talked about doing tournaments or lessons with you and we've talked about some of those mutual friends and clients uh so so this tennis deal you said you do these tournaments you do lessons What's the range? And I mean, what's so? I, I just love the idea of this. This seems like something that's um, a great sport for young. How young do you see people starting all the way to people well into retirement? I give lessons to little kids. They're three and a half, four years old. Wow. And uh, granted, you can't actually give them a lot of technique when they're that little, but you can have a fun experience and they'll come back for more. So that, that's. Uh, once I get them started and I get them hooked, then I know I've got another tennis customer for the next 20, 30, 40 years. But then again, I do have some uh, senior citizens that come to me. I worked with a guy this morning. He's uh, in his 70s, mm -hmm. and uh, he's been playing for 20, 30 years, but he's still working on that forehand, trying to get it better. So uh, whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned player with a lot of experience, it's always something to work on. And is this something you could pick up at any time? So I run across a lot of times when people are retiring, I'm, I'm talking to them, they might want to learn to play the guitar. And they say, could you pick up tennis later? Well, if you pick up at a, in your later years, uh, you can take some lessons and get out on the court and start playing, and you can feel yourself improving. Right. On the other hand, if you were a world champ back in your 20s, you're only getting worse every year. <laughs> Well, very good. Well, Gary, thanks so much for what you do, the business, and it's so great to get some insight and input from somebody that's been around and, and seen the ups and downs of our economy and our market and, and the local things that happen. If somebody's interested in either, hey, I want to know more about the tournaments, I would love to know more about the shop, or maybe even lessons, what's the best way for them to touch base with you or get in touch with you? Well, I, uh, I do have a website. It's uh, racketsandtogs.com. And you can call me uh, at 
9,900, and I promise I'll pick the phone up within the first three rings. Hey, that's quite a promise. <laughs> I like that. Well, thanks so much, Gary. Appreciate you being here on the Thank show. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, Bill. All right, Bill. Now, that was quite a that was quite a story of a business that's been around that survived. Now, our next guest, he's been doing it for a while, too, for 20 years. And I met this, this fellow several years ago at a networking event. We've crossed paths. Uh, it's Samuel Marisep. Right, and he's been involved in mortgages, and you're now branch manager at Movement Mortgage. Uh, that's correct. Okay. Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit. What do we need to know specifically about Movement? Well, great. Um, Movement Mortgage is based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but um, they've been around for ten years, and um, I joined them last year. Um, and one of the things I enjoyed about them is that they're just short of 50% owned by their Movement Foundation. Uh, Movement Foundation is a Christian organization that they love to give back um, to mission trips. Um, They have started a school that's up to third grade there in Charlotte, and they continue to give back to the community. Um, That's something that I take pride into because we want to be involved in the local community, and there's nothing more than having a resource to go to and saying, hey, there's something going on in my community. I want Movement to be a part of that, and they have money allocated aside to contribute to the local economy. Great organization. Yes, it's great. great. I've had a couple conversations with Movement over the last few years, yeah. and I love that, giving back the foundation component of it. Yeah. That's something to be proud of. Thank you. Well, well let's talk a little bit, uh, before we get on with a little more business, a little bit about your journey and path to even mortgages and even to where you are today. I appreciate it, yeah. Um, so I come from a military bra- background. Most people say I'm a military brat, but um, um, my father retired um, in Texas, um, in 95 and we knew some friends that um, lived here in Baldwin, Georgia, actually in Habersham. And uh, we moved up here in 97. And so my parents um, were uh, employed here in in North Georgia and my mother worked for a local bank here in North Georgia and um, they're looking for a bilingual teller. I was uh, in high school at the time and um, started to work there. And ever since then, I've enjoyed helping people rich financial stability and, and have some economic successes with different roles in the bank. Um, and um, I've just grown from there and um, went to North Georgia College and got my bachelor's degree there. And then I went to Shorter University and got my uh, master's degree there in business administration. So, you, you also are one of our many guests who give back to the community. Talk to us a little bit about your volunteer service. No, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I love to give back. And one of the things that our prior guests mentioned um, was helping kids at a young age learn to tennis and, and I know on the business side that looks for a, a long-term client. Um, but I always talk about financial um, stability inside the family hold and the family household. And so I serve on the board for the Junior Achievement uh, with Dana Miller, and I love to do that. I've been helping them out with job shadowing and different things like that. And one of the spills that I give is uh, creating your own brand and I enjoy doing that. Um, but also um, help and give time to the Northeast Georgia Medical Center. I serve on the board there, uh, on the medical board, and, and it's exciting to see what they're doing in the community. And as they're growing in the North Georgia, we see a lot of development going in the last few years, and uh, they've opened the Brazelton location, and they're going into Lumpkin County, and it's great to do that. Um, but I've also served in um, the Georgia Mountain Food Bank on the board member as well. I feel like it, you know, if you really want a community that you feel safe and you feel that you can get to know a lot of people, you got to give of your time. You got to get to know people because that's when you really know what their need is. One of the questions you you bring up in in my mind is don't we need considerably more education with our children in the school systems 
to make them financially literate. I know that that has been your background and you're a professional in it, but aren't there many people who later in life wish they had that? And, and don't we need to increase that kind of service for children, even in the school system? Absolutely. I mean, I have two kids of my own. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And, you know, in the everyday life, you know, I'm always negotiating with them, trying to help them reason with making decisions. You, you want A or you want B? Which one is of value to you? And sometimes there's a long-term goal to that, and sometimes there's a short-term goal to that. And, and um, sometimes I get disappointed because they're looking for that instant gratification. <laughs> but there is value in creating a delayed gratification in their decision-making um, or whatever that may be. And so in the community, when, when you get a chance to reach the kids right before they're going into college, right before they're going to make some investments in their life, I mean, student loans or uh, buying a car or even buying a house of what I help them with. Sometimes you got to sit down and have those conversations with them um, because that long-term gratification is really something that they can benefit from. And some of it certainly would revolve around the first time a young person gets a credit card. Correct, correct. We see that all the time. Um, and it's great. I mean, obviously, we're in an economy that um, relies on the credit that we use to purchase things that maybe we, it's just a little bit out of our reach. Um, sometimes it's due to convenience. Um, sometimes it's really due to a need, a necessity that we have, an emergency. Um, but being able to use good judgment and utilizing those is really key. And so reaching those teenagers um, from not spending it on getting their nails done and maybe really truly getting tires for their car to, so they can go to work and make money is really a decision that that they need to sit down and realize that which one's um, better for me. You know, it brings me back to I think the I think the laws of, or the rules have changed a little bit. I remember as a freshman at the University of Georgia, you go out into the quad, the main area there, and there were six different credit card stands. They would give you a cool uh, University of Georgia football shirt or something to get you to sign up for their credit card. And we had people coming out of college with ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars of debt. And it was almost it was almost frustrating because on top of the student loans, they had this this consumer debt, and they were getting behind the eight ball so much. But to an extent, they weren't taught any better or taught any different. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. But honestly, I will say that there's a slight change that I see coming on. And I think it's the, the young man that's working hard double time um, that really loves the girl but is not looking to pay off her debt when they get married. <laughs> or, you know, on the flip side, the lady that's really been saving her money and really selling and bartering, maybe, you know, selling clothes or whatnot and looking to take on someone else's debt when they get married. So I think some of them are really having those real talks um, prior to those major life decisions um, but it, it is a will that I think you know you constantly have to work on because there's always going to be a group that is a little bit ahead than the other well you know I, I've even seen a shift with a little bit younger demographic that they saw their parents struggle so much that they're avoiding debt yep yep I, I'll see on the mortgage side um, I see people that actually are not trying to max out on their loan you know they're they're not wanting to jeopardize their lifestyle they're not really wanting to dive too much into that disposable income they realize hey a home is really a shelter a safe place for me to rest I don't really need to use it as a trophy statement to the community you know that's and that's such a that's such a mind shift from what we saw maybe a decade ago whereas hey how much can I get approved for that's the house I'm going to get and hopefully I can afford it and keep up with it yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. I mean, obviously, there's different programs out there. We see the economy is booming right now. House values are going up. Um, but really, people are saving money. They maybe stayed at their mom and dad's a little longer. And they're really trying to say, hey, what is really my purpose for this home? Is this a long-term, short-term, what I'm trying to do? Where am I working? And um, I hate to say the word of millennials, but they really like the flexibility of either working or not. And some of that has to do with their debt. 
Very good. Well, let's let's get back to mortgages. I got all excited about the financial education. That that's a passion of mine too. Uh, let's talk, what kind of programs do you do? Are you doing mainly residential, or is it a little bit of everything? Yeah. So we focus on residential. One of the things that Movement prides themselves is called the six seven one process. That allows us to actually get you approved within six hours of taking the application, with or without a property. Seven days of process, really just utilizing us on time to get an appraisal and do the title work on the house, and then a one day close. Movement strives on that. That's what we do. Um, so if you look at that time frame, we're looking at somewhere between two, two weeks to close. Of course, all the ducks have to line. You have sure. to have funds and things of that nature. Um, but a lot of that also has to do with resale homes. And unfortunately, um, we see inventories a little low, and we do see it's a seller market. Um, so that product really helps the client be prepared and be almost presenting a cash offer because they've already been approved. Um, new construction, obviously we're waiting for that new construction. But the good news and what I do want to share with everyone is rates are low. Rates actually went down, and that's allowing people to buy a little bit more of a house or, or wait because uh, the economy is strong and the rates are low and they can afford the payment. Well, and a lot of our guests and our listeners have businesses. They're business owners. So let's talk. I know that's not always neat and tidy in a box sometimes and can be a little bit involved. Yeah. And it's been eye-opening to me lately because last time I was doing mortgages, it was go and, and just ask for them. You can get 12 or 13. Right. So so what do you say to that business owner? What what can make us more prepared or, or better prepared for this? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely not a professional CPA, um, but I will could tell you that we do have products to help you when we find ourselves in snags where maybe the income is not showing exactly what the business has done for the year. Um, we have bank statement-only products that are available out there for small business owners where we can take your business um, bank statements or your personal tech, uh, bank statements and actually use that as qualifying income based on the deposits that come in to get you qualified for a home. So there are different programs out there for a small business, but every every file is unique, and I definitely love the opportunity to look at that. Well, I'm curious, uh, Samuel, do you have any advice? A lot of times I'm, I'm sitting in conversations where people say, well, I'm thinking about getting out of renting, getting a house, or maybe I should rent. What should I do? Anybody kind of in that state of maybe I should do this or that? Any advice or right. thought process to help? That's great. You know, every time someone's buying a house, I always ask them what the purpose of the house is. Sometimes you're, you're just starting your career. Maybe you don't have a lot of income, but your end game is to hold on to the property to use it for rental property. Um, so a two, two, three or three, two bedroom, is it fits great for you to use that because it's a low payment. It's not a bigger risk. Um, and sometimes um, when you own a house and you're depending, hey, well, should I put it to rent or should I sell it, really comes down to um, where your equity position is or where your financial position is. I, I try to get people to think about not just the now, but in the future. Do you have money set aside for retirement? Is that home that you're going to put for investment, is that your retirement plan? Or do you need to take out equity and take care of student loans or take care of some debts to relieve yourself of some pressures that you have financially? So really just sitting down and figuring that out, it's really unique to that person. Um, we definitely have family members that like to help in those decisions. Sure. Um, but, you know, really has to sit down and say, hey, what makes sense for us? And we can move forward. No, and I love that advice because we're talking about clarity on your situation specific to you and not advice based on how much we can approve you for. Correct. We're getting back to that. One question I would like to ask, there are plenty of people around who are dealing in mortgages professionally. What's distinctive about movement mortgage? What is it that sets you apart? 
Well, I did mention it earlier. Our 671 process definitely helps us out. You know, there's nothing like anxiety of knowing, are you approved? Are you not approved? And can I go ahead and put an offer on this house? It's our dream home. This is where I see the kids being raised. And, you know, when we're able to clear that up and within six hours of the application, that really clears up a lot of doubts. It really clears up a lot of people. People can move on to the next phase. Um, That's a great stress reducer there. Yes. Um, and we do find ourselves with many stresses out there in today's world. So why not eliminate one? Um, but another thing is, and we talked about earlier in this program about local businesses, you know, movement is big about hiring people that are local in the community. You know, there are a lot of big boxes out there that it's one dial, one button, and boom, they'll, they'll take care of you. But the reality is, unless you fit that perfect box or that perfect square, um, you're not going to get that customer service that allows you to modify and give you a customized financial review on that loan product to get you that dream home. Well, let's talk about this too, the communication. So, so I'm in this process. It's stressful. I've got boxes packed up. I'm waiting to move. I'm hoping something doesn't fall through. What's the importance of you communicating as my, my point of contact to keep me sane through this process? Yeah, you know, I, I think in any topic that we talk about, communication is key. Communication is key. I think sometimes people shy away from communication when they have bad news. Right. I think they shy away when they're going to deliver point. something that is not favorable to all parties involved in the transaction. But the reality is we are adults. We are adults, and uh, like some would say, put the granny panties on and realize, <laughs> hey, uh, we need to move forward on this transaction. This is exactly where we're at. And this is where we're at, and then this is our plan of attack, or this is the plan that we're going to move forward. And I think that being able to communicate and, and, and say, hey, listen, that transaction may is not going as smooth as we want it, but we all were in communication on what were the steps at that communication. I think that gives you a lot of respect. It allows me to walk around in this community with my head up, saying that I help people get into their home, because that is really the end game. Well, no, do you have any feedback on that? This is our, this is our resident communication expert of, I love that because bad news – it's, it's very easy to delay that or postpone it or not even deal with it, but I think we all respect it when we know what it is as soon as possible. My motto, real quick, is just uh, good news fast, bad news faster. Yes, and, and one of the things is the way you deliver the bad news uh, to, to show empathy, to show concern, to uh, recognize it and, and to assure the client that you're the solution to that bad news. Yeah, you know, you're, you're so right. Timing is very important. Obviously, we don't want to wait till the last day of closing to say, hey, we have something coming up. Um, that's definitely not effective, and it's not um, a proper way to deliver something. You know, my job as a loan officer, being a branch manager here at Movement, is being able to foresee the future. And now, I'm not a fortune teller, but I've done many transactions, and I know at what phase of the transaction should be on the days coming up to the closing table. And, and when you have an active loan officer that's really paying attention to the process, they'll be able to see any hurdles that may come up, they'll be engaged in the transaction, and more importantly, be able to communicate to you where you're at on that process. And one more question that's coming up with me is, what, do you, what are the, and this might be something you're, you're dealing with or not, but is, is it a good time to look at refinancing? A great question, bro. I mean, I say yes. Um, it's a great time to look at refinancing. You know, um, we talk about customer service here, and that's there's no greater payoff as a loan officer that you have clients that you can reach back, a database you can reach back and say, hey, rates have dropped down, and um, I think it may be in your best interest to look at refinancing. And them having such a pleasant experience saying, hey, Samuel, let's do that again. Let's see what this looks like. Um, let's alleviate some debts. Let's relieve some disposable income because my son's going to go to karate and, and after school program and I need to figure out how to pay that. Or I really want to get rid of this student loan and I have some equity in this house. I want to get rid of that. And so um, 
you say customer service, I translate that to trust, and that gives us an opportunity. But yes, look into refinancing is definitely a way to go if you're trying to eliminate some debt, or just look at your interest rate and see where you're at. And some, just know your options. Correct. I know can your do options. A, B, C, and make a good decision. Well, Samuel, lots of great tips, lots of great information. Somebody's in this position. He, I'm either I'm ready to do something with a house, um, maybe a refi, something I'd like to explore. What's the best way for them to touch base with you? I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, Samuel may stand. My phone number is 770-530-5253. Um, I can be reached in my email, which is Samuel, S-E-M-U-E-L, dot masonet m-a-y-s-o-n-e-t at movement.com very good well gary sherby with rackets and talks thank you so much for sharing with us today thank you Bo. oh yeah and and samuel masonet with movement mortgage good to see you man thanks for sharing now i appreciate it people know me as a casa lender i also help the hispanic market so. there you go perfect and as always dr bill lampton great to be with you today and from the quote of the day you know we, we need to support local businesses so let's just do it in the in the quote from samuel let's just put on our granny panties and get to it <laughs> absolutely you know i was just thinking that uh, samuel can help these people with their mortgages and to go out and celebrate gary can help them play tennis there we go absolutely all right guys great show enjoyed it thanks again everybody thanks to our listeners and we'll see you next week same time, same place, right here on North Georgia Business Radio. Mm-hmm.